Okay, so let's get into the word and uh, go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1. And uh, again, we're continuing on the word promotion. And and I believe that that um, God has something more that He wants to share with us this morning. I was awake since one o'clock until four o'clock, and today I want to speak about um, the subtitle of this message is called the presentation of God in work. That's the, when I woke up at one o'clock, that's what was in my spirit, the presentation of God in work. Okay? So, so on skaf, that I'm a biki an, let as many bond servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that the name of God and His doctrine may not be blasphemed. And so last week, we started off with a scripture, and I I spoke to you about the name of God. Where is the name? The name of God is on, on the believer, on the saint. It's on the church, right? They, they have, they carry the name of God. And... We read also the, the scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9. Um, Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that word hallowed means to set God apart. All right? So if you, by the way you do your work or submit or honor your masters, your supervisors, CEOs, bosses, etc. And uh, the, way you, the way you honor them can, can bring honor to God's name and to His doctrine. Okay? The way you are at school, the way you are at your workplace, the way you are at home, all these places can... Um, can bring honor to God's name. And I showed you the scripture, the word profane. To profane God's name means to, to treat God as common. The word profane in the, in the Greek means to treat as common. So in other words, God's just another God. That's, he's just uh, like if you go into the, the India, India and those type of places, they've um, I think they've got over, Brother Bob told us, um, not Brother Bob from America, one from South Africa told us in his time they have over 300,000 gods that they serve. Okay, they've got a God for everything. So if it's, there's a God um, for food and, and a God for uh, having children and a God for every God of, for money, so there's many gods. And if we profane God's name, we treat God as just another God out there. Right? But the, the purpose and the, the calling of the church is to set God apart. 
from other gods, right? It's for you to set him apart. And, uh, and I gave you the scripture. I think it's in Daniel. Daniel chapter 2, 46 and 47. Daniel chapter 2, 46 and 47. So it's all about um, setting God apart. Shila Daso, Daniel chapter 2, 46. Okay. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. This is to Daniel. And then, uh, next one, 47. So this is the chapter where, where Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. You know, the, the image, he had a dream of uh, the head is as gold, and the man, and the feet, and the legs as brass, and, and so on, and the feet as iron and clay, and, and it puzzled them, and he got all his wise men together, interpret this dream they couldn't interpret the dream for him uh, Daniel came and all those type of things so Daniel then king, the king answered Daniel and said truly your God is the God of gods you see so he said through Daniel God's name was hallowed and he was set apart above the other gods that were in Babylon Okay, and the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets since you could reveal this secret. So, and here Daniel didn't, here Daniel didn't perform a miracle. All Daniel did was, was reveal his dream to him. And because no one else could do it and Daniel could do it, it brought um, glory and honor to the God that Daniel serves. And Nebuchadnezzar realized that truly your God is the God of gods. So the way you, uh, the way you present God, the way in your work and where you are at, can bring honor to God's name. Okay? So God's name is on you and you can bring dishonor to God's name. And, uh, and to the doctrine that people won't want to listen to it. And so, uh, I said to you also last week that what is your calling then? Your calling is to represent God. That's what your calling is. Let's take, for example, Genesis chapter 1. What did God do? God first created all the fish, the beasts, put the water on the one side, called it the seas, the dry land appeared. He called that earth. Okay. And, and then after he finished everything on day six, God then made man. And then he put man in the environment or the environment that he organized and arranged for him and put him there. And then he said, let man be our image. So it doesn't matter Put that same man in a school. Put that same man in a bank. Put that same man 
in another business, put that same man in government, in that environment or field or area, put that same man um, in science, put that same man in the medical field. It doesn't matter where you put the man, God made man to be his image. So the Wherever you find yourself, it doesn't matter. The calling is the same. What's the calling? Be his image, which also in Hebrew means representative. Right? It means I represent God. So my call is to represent God. Right? That is calling. That is the part of the ministry that was given to you. All of us have a ministry. And so all of us have a calling and, and we need to discover that corporate call that we have. Right? So that we can all take up the calling. Right? So it doesn't matter where you find yourself. You are called, you are called to reveal God. To set God apart. And all those and with um, being his image and revealing him, there's a lot of things that happen with that. You set his name apart, you reveal him, you make him known. Um, you you uh, can end up fathering people. Um, it brings dominion. So there's a lot of things locked up in revealing God. Okay? So... Um, so just give me Genesis 1 verses 26 again and we just read that scripture just so that we can see we are called to. So what am, I, what am I saying now? I'm saying we are now, we are moving on in this message and we are now moving more into the workplace. We've left covetousness now. And, um, but before we go in there, I must understand my calling. I must understand why am I there. My first calling is to represent God. I said that often uh, last week Sunday. My work, my assignment, wherever I find myself, in whichever workplace or environment I am put by God, I am called to represent Him. So if you represent, if I send someone to represent us, me, uh, KGM, Kingdom Gateway Ministries, that person must obviously know. He must know what we, what's our mind about certain things, how we think about certain things, how we do certain things. Okay? He must understand that. If he doesn't understand that, he will not represent this house properly you see so if you're going to represent god you must know god's mind about things you know must know what god thinks about things that's why that's why you call the image of god the representative of god okay so genesis 1 26 then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth okay so your dominion your rule your authority um, that you have 
it, 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 portrays, it portrays your understanding of God. Remember I said to you that the kingdom takes on the nature of the king. If the king is wicked, that kingdom will be wicked. Okay, if, the, if the king is covetous, then you will know, then the people won't have, they'll be suffering like Jacob was under Laban. They, the king will have all the wealth and all his people will be suffering, maybe living in poverty because he's covetous, everything is for himself. So the kingdom takes on the nature of the king, right? So your rulership portrays your understanding of God, how you see God, okay? And uh, so the question now is, how must we represent God? How, how must we do that? And uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verses 19. Matthew chapter 5, verses 19. And if you are going to represent God, if you are going to reveal God, it has to be in work. That does not necessarily mean in your workplace, but if you're in your workplace, works is what reveals God. Okay? Whoever therefore am I at the right scripture? Maybe it's Matthew six nineteen. Scripture. Let me just check here. But in any way, the scripture says that let your light. Say again, Matthew six, five sixteen. Okay, five sixteen. Okay. Try Matthew five sixteen. Okay. Okay. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay. So what is light? Light is knowledge, revelation. Okay. In this case, it is receiving revelation from God. Okay. Light. Then, light has to then go into works. In other words, if you don't love what you understand, then it will never be seen. Okay? So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So in other words, if you are going to glorify God, you have to use works. Otherwise, otherwise you're not going to reveal anything. Right? So you have to take the revelation 
the understanding, the whatever you've received from God, and you have to put it into work. Which means that from the beginning, God didn't create you to be lazy. From the beginning, God created you to work. So if you're doing nothing, you're not revealing God. You can't reveal God by doing nothing. You have to work. Whether, whether that work is, I forgive someone, I do that. I forgive even when they hate me. I forgive and I love. That's in work. When I go to my workplace, the way I do my work reveals God. Alright? Uh, so, uh, that's why I'm, I'm calling it the presentation of God in work. Okay? So, unless you work, unless you do, unless you take the word and live it, it cannot be seen. And God cannot be seen. So whenever God wants to show something, He uses man to display that. Why? Because man is His image, is His representative. If He wants to say something, He will use man. Right? And through that person, he will say it. If he wants to act out something or display something, he will get man and he will do it. Right? That's why the scripture says uh, about when God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 15, God said to Abraham, he had a, that night in a dream and it was a dark cloud in there and he chased the birds away and so on. And God said, listen, your descendant, your seed shall dwell 400 years in bondage. After 400 years, I will visit that nation, I will judge that nation, and I will deliver them. Right? Then, when it came time for their deliverance, what happened? God called Moses. You see? He, he is calling Moses, and then what is he going to do through Moses? And then the Bible says, through this whole deliverance, God is going to get him a name in all the earth. You see, so how, how is God going to get his name? He's going to use Moses to give him a name, to, to let his name go. That's why when they came out of Egypt, uh, Rahab, the harlot in Jericho, said, we've heard the wonders that your God has done. And fear, when we've heard it, fear entered into our hearts. Okay? Do you all understand that? So in other words, God takes man because man, he's chosen to use man to reveal him. So whatever he wants to do, he chooses man. That's why the scripture says, the, the spirit of God is going throughout the earth looking for whose heart is wholly turned towards him. That he may show himself. You see, so God searches, God looks for a man, a person, a woman who is totally turned towards him through whom he can reveal himself. Do you see that? You all with me? So you have to take light into works. And if there's no works, God cannot be glorified. If no one is healed, no, God cannot be glorified. If... Uh, if no one is 
forgiven, God cannot be glorified. If no one is taken care of when they needed, for example, how many times someone needed money and you gave, then God was glorified by your work that you did. God is glorified in work. So you cannot do nothing. You have to work. God put Adam in the garden of Eden and he said, work till the ground. And then after he sinned, he said, out of the sweat of your brow, now you will work. So you have to do. You have to bring it out. You, and how you do that? By work. And unless you work, you cannot reveal God. You cannot live out your purpose and the reason why you were called. Why were you called? To represent God. Why were you called? To set God apart. Why were you called? To reveal God. To make God known. That is your, that is your first, that is your first calling. You have, to, you have to get that calling behind you. If you understand that calling, when you go into your workplace, you go differently. You go as a representative of God. God's name is on you. Especially if you've said you're a Christian. Then, then the minute you do something that is contrary to what they've heard of God, they speak bad about God. Okay, because of you. So, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1, Paul said to Timothy, listen, tell all the, the people who are working for their bosses, tell them to treat them with all honor, with all respect, with great value, reverence. Right? So that the name of God through you is not blasphemed. And so that through you they don't speak evil of your doctrine or your message. Do you understand that? So it's important. So I told you that even if you even if you don't know you have a even if you don't know you have that calling to represent God, you are a representative whether you know it or not. The goal now is to know it, is to realize it. Because you reveal whether you know it or not. Either you're revealing God, or you're revealing uh, 50 cents, or you're revealing Hollywood, or you're revealing uh, a bad father that you had grown up with, or Whatever you're doing, you're revealing something. That's why the Bible also speaks about the works of darkness. You see, because even darkness is revealed in works. Okay, can you see that? So, light is revealed in works. Darkness is revealed in works. Okay. So, give me Luke 8, 14 to 17. Luke eight fourteen to seventeen. Okay, so now he says here, this is the story of the sower that sows the seed. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with 
cares, riches, and the pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So if you receive the word, if you receive the word and you, and you are focused on the pleasures of life and the cares of life and riches and not on the word, then it chokes the word. In other words, the word cannot bring fruit to maturity in you. It cannot come forth out of you. It cannot reveal itself. Okay? Next one. 15. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart. Another one says sincere. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. So, a noble and a good heart, a sincere heart, oprechte heart. Why are you serving God? Why did you come to God? Why did you give your life to God? To Jesus Christ? Okay? And we have to talk about that so many times we have to mention that and I just can't, I keep whenever I'm sharing with someone and we get into this topic I keep sharing it because it just makes so much sense that if you take the, the American gospel and take it into a persecuted country it can't it won't survive it won't survive because you can't tell the person come to Jesus you have a nice life You'll give you a promotion. You'll lose your life. They kill you for Jesus. They kill you because you accept Jesus. Right? So, if you come for things, then when the word comes, you're not interested in the word because you have other things that you are interested in and that you desire and that you want. And therefore, you have to come for the right reason. But you have a noble and a good heart, keep it and you bear fruit with patience. So your heart plays an important role in the word producing fruit, how you receive it. Next one. No one when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. Now all of a sudden he talks about a candlestick, a lamp, a light. What is he saying? He is saying, the sower sowed the word. The preacher preached the word, gave the word, sower. The sower is the preacher. And the seed is the word. The, the ground is the hearts of people. And then he said, and what is the word? The word is light. Thy word is light. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Right? And then it said, and then it said, and the word was life, and that and, and that life was the light of men. Right? So and and we know in the book of Psalms it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So he says, when you get light, the word, 
and you never put it into works or bring fruit, then what have you done with the candle? All you did was hide it under the bed. No one can see it. He says, so that everyone can see the light. So that everyone can see. Sit aan die licht, ons wil allemaal sien. It's bieke donker, ek weet nie waar ek loopie. I don't know where I'm walking. Switch on the light. Switch on the light means produce the fruit of the word. Switch on the light or put the, the, the lamp for everyone to see. So it gives a light to everyone. Means put that light into works. If it does not go into works, you will not see. No one will see. God cannot be seen if you just keep it to yourself and don't bring it out. Can you see that? So it's important then for you to understand that. So now I want to go into this thing of the presentation of God in work. Okay. I want to say to represent God, you need an excellent presentation of God in your work. To represent God, you need an excellent presentation of God in your work. You need an excellent presentation of God in your work. Okay? The word present, the word present, I mean, last night when I Woke up at one o'clock. I just had the saying come to me. The presentation of God in work. And I, I don't really have a good definition for presentation. So I looked it up in the dictionary. And presentation comes from to present. And the word present means to introduce someone or something. And to cause something to appear. So obviously I've shared a lot with you. The appearing of God is linked to you. God is seen through man. If there's an appearing, then there's a seeing. Right? So I'll say it again. The word present means to introduce someone or something and to cause something to appear. So... The way I do my work will present God to you. Okay? So this means God is seen in and through our work. God is seen in and through our work. The way we do our work. A simple example is Daniel. The way Daniel did his work set God apart from the others. They, the, the one verse says that the queen said to Belshazzar, the king, I don't know if it's Belshazzar or Belteshazzar, um, the queen said to him, listen, don't be 
disheartened or discouraged. There is a man in your kingdom by the name Daniel. And he is excellent in wisdom. What does the word excellent mean? The word excellent means to be superior. And it actually is... A, so in other words, your morals are on a higher standard. Your work is on a higher standard. Your trust level is on a higher standard than someone else. You produce a higher standard and that is to be excellent. That's what excellent is. So, again, if you are going to represent God, you have to look at the way you work. The way you go to school. So if we take, for example, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1, that scripture again. If you come late to work, if you don't do your work as expected or instructed to do, have no respect for your boss. Lie about why you were late and then he finds out afterwards the lie. Um, are lazy in your work. These are but few examples. And then claim to be a Christian. What do you do? Then you have a bad presentation of God in your work. You see that? That's what the scripture says. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 1. Is it there again? Let as many bond servants in our case... Uh, we know from, from the worldly terminology, worker, as are under the yoke, count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. The way you present, the way you present yourself to that man or woman, whoever is over you, the way you present yourself actually brings honor to God's name or it profanes God's name right so in other words again like I'm saying the God is presented or revealed in the work in the way you work so in our workplace we should actually be the people that produce the best quality of work. Because if you understand your God, your God produces the best. Right? So, we should produce the best quality. Um, we should be first or one of the first people at work. If you understand, if you understand that God is presented in work or revealed in work, then you start looking at how you come to work. 
how you do your work, how you behave at school, how you respect your teachers at school, even the way you dress presents something, reveals something. So you have to look at the way you dress. You know, I always used to, in the past, my wife used to say, yeah, what means it don't work, untrekky. So I'll, and I like to relax and chill, so I'll somehow wear an old thing and I'll just go to town like it. And I'll just go walk in the shop and, so what, man? And then I said, my friend, yeah, you're a pastor. I said, ah, pastor, man. What? So what? I must not worry about what me. I'm not going to worry about what people think. You say, no, but you're a pastor. That's not a, a good presentation. And I said, ah, Vijay, okay. Come on, take it. It's understand. Let me just put something else on, right? You know, and uh, so. I listen to it, but now as I'm looking at these things, I'm now starting to understand that even the way I dress, the way you come to work, the way you're at school, you know, when I was in school, they always said, tuck in your shirt. Make your tie right, it's hanging too low. Dress neatly, walk neatly. Um, have respect you present you're representing the school where you are going people don't say the JP they say ah Centaurus I was at Centaurus school they won't say JP they'll say they'll see the clothes they'll see the way you walk and they'll and they'll go Centaurus school you know back then in our school we didn't have such a good name because that was Klomgoed with the and, uh, but then there was other school, St. Paul's. When you saw those kids in school, it was the blazer, seat, shoes polished, tie straight up. They were very strict. And the people, because of the way the kids dressed and walked out in the public, had a good value or perspective of St. Paul's. So, the school was presented in the, in the way they dressed and lived it out. The same thing happens with God. We go and we claim to be Christians. But the way we do our work brings a bad name to Him. Right? So we, we should be the most reliable people. Because the Bible says that you can trust God. That's what the Bible says. You can trust. You can lean. Don't lean on your own. I said, lean on the Lord. Curse is the man who trusts in the arm of flesh. But blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. God is dependable. Uh, are we dependable? Okay, if you go to your workplace, can... Can your boss or your supervisor depend upon you? If he had to think of someone who he would give that work to, knowing that he would finish and do it the way 
he instructed him to do, would it be you? It, he should think of the Christian first. Right? He should not think of an unbeliever above the believer. You should be first choice. We should be first choice. Why? Because we are reliable. Okay? The way you dress, you should be the ones who show the greatest respect for your bosses. You should not be the ones who have the bad attitude. We should not be the, the kids at school who have a bad attitude with the teacher. We should be the ones with the best behavior. Why? Because in our work, God is presented or represented. Okay? We should be the most obedient people at work. The hardest workers. The people with the best manners. Things like this is a good presentation of God in work. Because remember, you reveal God. So if you understand God, and you have to look at God, the way He does things. The way He does things. And if you see the way God does things, you are to do it the same. You are to reveal God's ways. Jullie zijn allemaal met mij, nee? Then the Lord also shared me that there are spiritual clothes that present God. There are spiritual clothes that present God. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 5. First Peter chapter 5 verses 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So, uh, give me another, another scripture, Colossians chapter 3, verses 8. Humility is spiritual clothes. Be clothed with humility. Right? Kindness is spiritual clothes. Yeah, he says, but now you yourselves are 
to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Next one, put off. So don't take off those clothes. Next one, do not lie one to another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Right? Next one, and have put on, the word put on there means to clothe yourself with. That's what the word, that's what the word put on means. So it's spiritual clothing that you have. Put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Next one. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Twelve. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. That means clothe yourself. With tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Next. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Verse 14. But above all these things, put on clothing, love, which is the bond of perfection. This is spiritual clothes that present God. Right? It's spiritual clothing that we need. So when you're at work, you have that dress code. The dress code is right. This is our dress code. And what I'm saying is, the way you work, the way you present yourself, plays an important role in how you reveal God. Our calling is to make God visible by our works. Our calling is to make God visible by our works. And that brings us to a, another important point that needs, that still needs to be, what's the word? I don't know what's the word I can use. Laid or set into our minds. Therefore, you cannot separate God from your work. You cannot separate God from Why? Because God is revealed in work. So, I don't know if you've always heard the word secular. You know? I want to leave the secular work so that I can go into ministry. How many of you want to leave work to go into ministry? To serve God. Right? Why is that? Because you have, in your mind you have separated God from work. Therefore, you can't see how you can serve God by work or your workplace. 
The word secular, you can write this down, the word secular means to be non-spiritual or religious. The word secular means to be non-spiritual or religious. Go look it up for yourself in the dictionary. Secular. I can be a pastor and if I'm doing it without God, I'm secular. If I don't do my work as a pastor with God, the Bible says, the Bible says you are co-laborers with God. That means I have to work with God. If I don't work with God, I'm secular. I can be in church. Again, like I said, I can be a pastor and do my work without God. Not consulting God, not asking God, not letting God be in what I do. Then I am secular even while I am ministering, even while I'm sharing the word or my message comes from Google. I googled it. Or I read it in a book and then I was like, this is very easy. This is the word of the Lord. So if I do anything without God, I'm secular. As long as you separate God from work, or the workplace. You're saying you are secular. You have to bring the two together. God is revealed in work. God created you to put him on display through work. Light into works. So that the Father is glorified. Let your light so shine that men may see your good works and that your Father may be glorified thereby. You have to catch that. You see, because the only time we think we are serving God is if we are here. And that's why the only time you think you are living out calling is if you're doing something similar to what I am doing now. But if you realize what calling is, I am called to represent God wherever I am. That's my call. I am his image. I am his representative. I will put God on display through work. Then it doesn't matter where I find myself. School. Bank. Business, government, science, education. It doesn't matter. I am to present God in work. I am to reveal God by the way I work. And by the way I present myself because I am representing another. Imagine the ambassador of another country come to us. You say the ambassador of the United States and I come here with a gescheerde broek. Immediately, what are you going to think? You say, is this the ambassador of the United States? Because 
That's what we said. The ambassador is coming. You are a representative. You have to, you have to get that. That thing has to be driven into us. Give me Genesis 39. Genesis 39. Give me Genesis 39. Hmm? 39. 39. I hope it's the right one. So you cannot separate God from your work. The struggle we are having as believers is, is to find God in our work. We feel non-spiritual when we are at work. But we feel spiritual when we come to such activities. Why? Because we're looking for the goosebump. The experience. Because to be spiritual is not normal to us. It is to have an experience. Then we are spiritual. But he said thy word is spirit. His word is spirit. So if I treat my wife properly, I am in the spirit. If I do my work properly, I am in the spirit. You see that? We read the Bible to tell us about spiritual things. But this spiritual book is telling you how to do your work. So it is, to God it's important, it's spiritual. And his master, yeah, this one. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Give me verse 2. Give me, just go from verse 1. Verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard. An Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Next one. The Lord was with Joseph. That's what I want to leave with you. Joseph is working for Potiphar. And the Bible says, and the Lord is with him. So what you need to, what you need to get is that at my work, God is with me. That's what needs to hit through. God is with me. You see, and that's why we, we also need to redefine anointing. Because anointing to us is only when someone falls or when there's a miracle. But anointing is not when someone like Joseph can steward the whole nation manage it make sure everything runs perfectly that's anointing 
The anointing, we have to understand, anointing is God equipping you for wherever you are. That is what anointing is. It's equipment. It's empowerment to serve God. It's empowerment to reveal God in your work. Right? What was that? There's another scripture. Let me see here. Concerning Joseph. Uh, Genesis 41, 38, 40. Genesis 41, 38 and 40. So, you have to see that the Lord is with you. And, and to know that the Lord is with you doesn't mean you need to Feel the presence. You can go at home and feel the presence. But you simply got to know that God is with you. Why do you think God said, I make you the temple? Where is God? In the temple. What are you? The temple of the Holy Spirit. Where does the anointing come from? The Spirit of God. They all see that. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Look at that. Here, the Bible says that Joseph, simply because he could, he could answer, interpret the dream, and then tell them what is coming. Seven years of blessing, seven years of famine. And then he said, listen, that's not only the interpretation of the dream. Let me further give you advice on what you should do if you are wanting to survive the famine. Use the seven years of an abundance to put away, to provide, so that by the time the seven years of famine comes, you will survive it and your people. That was anointing. That's anointing. When someone gets healed, that's also the anointing. When someone falls over, that's fine. That's also the anointing. But now the problem is, you would only say, that man is anointed. Well, what about you? Don't you also have the Spirit of God in you? Isaiah chapter 11, don't go there. I'm just saying it, Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 talks about, and verse 2 talks about the spirit of the Lord shall be upon him, the spirit of counsel and might and uh, say, of wisdom and all those type of things. The different spirit or anointings. As long as you are going to separate God from your work, you won't, you won't find satisfaction in serving God at work because you have a desire to serve him 
But you feel because you have separated God from work, you feel you can't serve Him there, so you want to leave secular work so that you can serve God. Now there are people who are called to minister to the church. Right? I won't say leave secular work because it shouldn't be secular to you. It should be your spiritual duty. It should not be separated. Okay, are you all, you all understanding that? You have to find how you can reveal God in your work. How you can become excellent in your work. Okay? Uh, give me the next one. So in Joseph is the Spirit of God. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. Next one. And you shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will you be greater. Will I be greater than you? Next one. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. In other words, he put everything under Joseph's hand. Why? Because he was such a trustworthy man. The Bible says in the pot of his house that Potiphar didn't even check up on Joseph. If It doesn't say it like that, but you get that the revelation is that Potiphar would leave Joseph to do everything in his house and he doesn't even check up on him. Because he's so dependable, he's so trustworthy, who is a faithful, faithful means trustworthy, and wise servant whom his Lord shall make ruler over his house. So in other words, your supervisor your boss or whoever it is, he should give your work and he should just, he doesn't even need, need to look up and check up on you. He will know you're going to do it perfectly. Do you understand that? You can't separate God from your work. You can't. You must bring those two together. You must start building it into your mindset that when I go to work, God is with me. When I go to work, God is revealed in my work. God is revealed in the way I work, in the way I present myself and the work. God is with me, with me. The only time you feel God is with you is if you pray. The only time you feel God is with you is if you come to a meeting, church gathering. And the songs are playing and you're feeling God. Hey, some of you know why? Because Christians have such a struggle. I have a long class to hear gevoel. I wonder if the is with me. It's true. If you haven't felt God in a long time, then you would say, I wonder if God is still with me. Because we connect God being with us with an experience. 
We can't take it. I'm his temple. You is dwelling place. He is where you are. You are the tabernacle, the moving house, the living stone. God is where you go. But he would like it the other way around also. He would like you to go where he goes. He doesn't just want to go every time where you go. He would also like to say, Come here, come come Right? Right? You can't separate God from work. They are inseparable. God is revealed in work. So if your work is not right, then you blaspheme the name of God. You bring, you profane His name. You ruin His name. You, we cause... Okay, I don't want to speak down to you. Let me add myself in there. Right? We cause that people lose respect for his name. And and that's one of the things I felt when I went to that building there in Street House. When that guy said to me, why do you want to have church here? First time I got angry in, I don't know how many years. And I said, what do you mean? And I immediately saw that this guy looked down upon the church and upon God. He didn't, God was not hallowed in his heart. God was not set apart to him. The word hallow means to venerate. It means to esteem highly, to think highly of. He doesn't have a high opinion of God. Why? Because the representation of God is not in such a manner that it sets God apart. Right? You cannot separate God from work. You cannot say I'm leaving work to serve God. If God has called you not to be there, then something else. Then you leave there and go where he appointed you to work for him. But wherever you're leaving, you're going to work. If you leave there, you work. God is revealed in work. Light, God is glorified by work. It has to be seen. If you separate the two, if you don't know that God is with you where you are, if you don't know that you are anointed, I said Exodus 25. Give me Exodus 25. Exodus 25, I think. Let me also just check here. Okay. A few more minutes. Um, Exodus 25. Okay. I'll, I'll give you next time as we move on to it. Don't want to waste time here. But there's a scripture in the Old Testament when God uh, instructed Moses to make the tabernacle. Right? The tabernacle. 
God showed Moses the tabernacle. He showed him. You see? Okay, showed him all the tabernacle and the patterns. Okay, that's not the point. The point here is, then God said to him, listen, I have given to you certain men. I think one of them is Balalil or, or somewhere I get those names. Um, he says, I've given these people to you and I have filled them with the spirit of wisdom. And it says, and to work all manner of skillful things. They know how to, in cunning works. Now, let's not spiritual. We can spiritual. Let's not spiritualize it. Let's just get natural here. Right? That means these guys, they were anointed. They were filled by the Spirit to do, to do, to do woodwork. To build the ark. To design the knobs on the candlestick that have branches and to, to do uh, designs. They were anointed to do needlework. They made clothes for the priests. They had to make curtains, veils that they call veils. They were anointed to make curtains. They were anointed to make clothes. And they had patterns and designs on them. They were anointed to do such things. No one was falling over. Right? But that was anointing. That was, they were equipped by God to do the work of the tabernacle. What is anointing? It's equipment. What is anointing? It's empowerment to, from God to accomplish whatever He asks you to do for Him. So if you're going to be a lawyer, God has anointed you to be a lawyer. Can, can you see that? So, one of the things about this new season is there's an equalization coming. You see, we're all called. we all got ministry. We're all anointed. Right? We all have our, our own anointings. Do you understand that? So when you look at these things, you've got to renew your mind on these things. You have to renew your mind. And you have to learn that you can ask God regarding your workplace and not be weird about it. You have to learn that who created your body? God. God is a biologist. God created the ecosystem. God's a scientist. They're discovering what God created to learn science. Come on. He created it. He knew how to put your body together and form it and fashion it. That's his mind in there. 
All the complexities of everything. It's his mind. You have to learn that you can ask him about such things. But if you can't, if, you, if you're still making the separation, this is what we call the royal priesthood. A king priest. Wherever I go, I am a priest for God and a king for God. Do you understand that? Okay. I don't want to go too much into this now, but I want to leave this. If you understand your calling that you are called to represent God, then, then you no longer use grace as an excuse for your sin because you know through sin you must represent God. Yeah, because I'm called to reveal him. Is God a sinner? No. But if I use grace or mercy the whole time to, to um, say, ah, it's okay. He's, God is merciful. God is gracious. Then I'm going to continuously misrepresent God in that. Yes, God is a merciful God and God loves me. But his goal is he wants you to represent him. He wants you to reveal him. And as long as you do, that's why the Bible says, sanctify the Lord in your hearts. But the word sanctify is actually the same word. It means, hello God in your hearts. You understand? So, you have to, you have, you have to look at these things. If you understand your call, it puts, it puts a different... It, as we were saying, it puts a responsibility upon you. That's why Paul said to, Timothy, to, to Peter, listen, if you rebuild the things that you have broken down, you make God a transgressor. Galatians chapter 2. Ian, then he asked, is God a minister of sin? No. Right? So if I understand that I'm called to reveal God, then I understand, if I understand my calling, then I purify myself for my call. Because I have to undress the clothes, put off the anger, and I have to put on the kindness. I have to put on the spiritual dress, clothing that is needed to present God. You understand that? So, you have to, you got to listen to last week's message and today's message again because I don't want to repeat that one so that you understand what it means to hallow God's name. So, God's name is on us. We carry His name. Clive, doesn't matter what you do, His name is on us. That's why we have to change the way we do things. Our presentation. Because that's, that's the, the, the words God left in my heart when I woke up one o'clock. The presentation of God in work. What does it mean to present? It means to cause something to appear. 
God is presented in your work. Amen? You understand that? Okay. Let's, let's uh, pray. I just want you to turn to, to someone. Next year I want you guys to pray together. And, I, and just say, Lord, help us to represent you. Lord, forgive us where we have misrepresented you.